1: Learn more at Marines.com this Phil steel, college football preview edition of the sports gambling podcast is presented by win bet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500 terms and conditions apply. Get the details at Wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by prop swap. America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's propswap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at Underdog Fantasy with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. This is Brian Bosworth, AKA The Boz, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. Peace out. Boz out. shine box. <laughs> Whoa, welcome everyone to the sports. Gambling podcast. I'm Sean, stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan. Real money, Kramer. What's happening, Kramer? You
2: got your college Sean shirt in today. Yes, I like it.
1: Got my uh, got my Go Cougs Windbreaker on, ready to rock, ready to roll, ready to talk college football. <laughs> Joining us to talk college football, college ball, as I like to call it Colby Dan, a.k.a. the Dant base. Um,
3: what are we at? 28 plus 18. What is that? 56 days, guys, 36,
1: 46, 46, know.
2: we're not mathematicians. We're not locked here. down to
1: a date and time. Of course, Colby is breaking down every, uh, all 130 college football teams, including some 2.0s uh, on the uh, college football experience. Subscribe to that Colby. Have, have we said an over, under a number of previews you're going to be doing on this 130 episode. What is the 130 episode preview going to look like? I feel like we might hit 150 of just those episodes. Well, if you're
3: adding in FCS too, I mean Mm -hmm. you're (laughs) going to you're going to go over 150. I mean, I mean, come on, let's set some odds on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on myself here. Um, But yes. I mean, Liberty 2.0 coming out, Boise State 2.0 already. Wait, out. you
2: didn't cover enough in the Liberty 1.0? <laughs>
3: hey, they're contenders this year, right? <laughs> I feel like it's Major League. We're oh, contenders, man.
1: all right. Oh man, and uh, we got Phil Steele on the show. Awesome interview we just uh, taped with Phil Steele, and of course, uh, you know we we give out a ton of uh, actionable college football data. And all you got to do take take the college football information, the best bets. Head over to WinBet.com and get down on some of the action. All the uh, preseason numbers are up week one, uh, numbers for college football are already up. Of course, Heisman trophy. You can get it all over at winbet.com, bet.com W Y N N bet.com and uh, up to a $500 deposit bonus. Again, I mean uh, our record college football, we're in the green. And if that wasn't good enough, you throw on the uh, sweet deposit. Cash doesn't get any easier or even better than that. And uh, we're also brought to you by prop swap. Head over to propswap.com. Perfect time to get involved in these uh, college football futures or a Heisman Trophy. Perfect time to do some shopping on some of these uh, future tickets that are up over at propswap.com. And again, let's say you get a win total ticket on Kansas. Maybe you get it at one, one win total. They win that first game, and then you're sitting on a pretty juicy uh, ticket that you can sell, of course. Over at Propswap.com, or if you want to buy, you can always a bid a little bit lower and uh, you know get the best price. Of course, that's the benefit of I mean, Propswap.com. And use that promo code shopping. SGP. Yeah, it's it's the only shopping I enjoy doing is line <laughs> shopping and ticket shopping over at propswap.com. Use that promo code SGP. Joining us on the line, the college football god who just uh, put out his college football preview twenty twenty one, the one and only Phil Steele. Phil, uh, appreciate you calling into the show. I know we're all huge fans of your uh, of your preview. When did you start doing the preview? What what year was your first edition? Nineteen
0: ninety five. Oh. That makes me sound. This makes me sound a little old, doesn't it? But uh, it's twenty seventh year. Uh, that first year. You know, what I, what I did, guys, is I would uh, buy all the preseason magazines that were out there, and they just never had enough information for me. So I started compiling it myself. Had a format much like the magazine is right now, uh, where I had the two full pages on each team. And somebody came to office and said, why don't you put that out as a magazine? So I tried it the first year. And what happened was once somebody gets their hands on a copy, they can't do without it, because it's got all the information you want. And now it's uh, like getting 130 different media guys rolled into one. And we give you the same amount of coverage on a team like Akron or you all Monroe that we give you on Alabama and Oklahoma, all two full pages on, on each team. And if, if you're a gambler, information is uh, power.
2: Oh yeah. Well, and I was going to say, you sound a lot like the story of our own Colby dance. <laughs> there was not the, the information isn't there. So you start well, collecting it yourself. And I, I think one of the things we love about the guy, what I personally love about the guide is the fact that you do cover every team. You don't do you know, half the half the book on the sec uh, and the ACC and then leave the mid majors out. So, and,
3: and as I was driving over here, Phil, <laughs> I was speaking to my mother. Cause she uh, told me a story, but I think back in 1997, I'm guessing uh, I had gotten my teeth knocked out playing football. And I, I, was under some medication, and I asked, she was going to the store, and I said, "Can you pick me up the Phil Steele magazine?" And she brought me Athlons or something. And I said, "This is the oh. wrong one.
0: It's, it's
3: not the it's not the right one, Phil." So uh, she remembers Phil yeah, Steele uh, etched great. in her brain. Well, ninety five. I mean, I that, we're,
2: we're coming up on what, what's that? Doing some quick math, almost thirty years. Yeah, yeah. almost thirty yeah, 20, years. Twenty seven years. How's the teeth? Oh,
3: I mean, they're they're uh, you know they're they're doing all right. They've been knocked out a couple times since, but.
1: um. We need we need to get a a mouth guard for Colby. So now you you've been doing this obviously for a long time. You cover every team. I I know we get this when we make you know gambling predictions against a certain fan base. Uh, Do Mm. you recall a a particular fan base or particular season or prediction where you really riled up a, a fan base?
0: Yeah, well, this year, I think not picking Florida in the top 25 has got the entire Gainesville uh, <laughs> excited about it. But the one I remember the most is Washington State made it to the Rose Bowl, and the next year, I picked them 10th in the Pac-10. So I'm going through my radio show circuit, just having a good old time. And oh, you got a show in Pullman, Washington. Great, great. The guys like at the start, he's like, hello, Phil, glad to have you on. Can we open the phone line to callers? I'm like, sure, sure. What the heck? He goes, okay, you're Rose Bowl champions, the Washington State Cougars. We have a guy on the line right now, Phil Steele, and he picked them 10th in the 10-team Pac-10. 10th Well, let's open up the full lines, And then boom, I was just (laughs) annihilated for the entire half hour. Now for the record, they finished 10th that year. They didn't call me back and have me on, which they should have done, but, uh,
2: (sighs)
1: Yeah, when you nail when you nail a prediction like that, you deserve.
2: It's funny how that works. They never come back and no, say, "Yeah, my no. bad, we were wrong."
0: It's,
3: it's <laughs> funny too that Sean's in studio wearing a Washington State sweatshirt right yeah. now. Uh,
1: were you not one planned. of the callers that <laughs> night, Sean? I was pretty angry. How dare you say that about my Cougs? Um, Now that's interesting. You predict them uh, to go 10th. Was it, do you remember in particular uh, why you had them, uh, you know, falling back so much? I know you're a big fan of net close wins and net close losses, or, or even the same thing with like uh, yards per game uh, or or yards per play and stuff like that. Was there a metric that kind of helped uh, helped you set up that prediction?
0: Yeah, I think it it covered them all. Uh, You know, the stock market indicator, which says if you reach a peak one year, you're going to go back down. And they had just, risen above everything to get to the Rose Bowl. I mean, let's face it, Washington State's not a normal participant in the Rose Bowl. Uh, The second one would have been the experience of the team. They lost their star quarterback. I think they had like eight returning starters coming back. The third one was close wins, close losses. They got fortunate in a bunch of games the previous year. And then the schedule. You know, they had to play the toughest teams in the Pac-12 at home, and they played their winnable games on the road. And so adding it all up, it meant all of those things that I look at on every team, and that's the reason that I picked them lower than that but that was that was a fun fun phone call that
1: time <laughs> I bet, yeah no i mean it, that's what's great about the guide you have a lot of uh different formulas here you kind of use to predict the win totals and stuff like that or or whether a team will improve or you know uh, g- kind of uh regress regress and and not be as uh, successful you know a lot of people call this your col- the college football bible if you had uh what would be your john 316 of your college football bible like the most quoted or most used metric uh, in your preview. Do you have one go to out of, out of all the uh, different formulas you got in there?
0: No, I, th- I think it's, 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 Usually what it is is I have all these different metrics. And, by the way, in the first magazine back in 1995, I had one article called Turnovers Equals Turnaround, and I had looked at the previous five years and determined that teams that had negative double-digit turnovers generally have a better record the next year, and teams that have a positive double-digit turnover have a weaker record the next year. So that's my favorite because it was the first one. And then when that one had such great success, I just kept adding them and adding them and adding them. Now everybody calls this analytics. But way back in 1995, <laughs> the word analytics didn't really exist, but, uh, we, we started doing it back then. But for me, the main thing is that when you get three, four, five aligning on one team, that's probably my favorite. Once you was like, Hey, look, they made this chart, this chart, this chart on all going down. I'm going against that team this season. So that's, that's probably my favorite is when they all align.
1: Yeah, when when it all comes together, I know. uh, Looking at your list, you have Oklahoma, number one team. Um, Obviously, they've had some issues once they've gotten to the college football playoff. What what do you think is is different about this Oklahoma team this year?
0: Defense, and uh, you know, we'll go to your issues when they they reach the playoff. Lincoln Riley's first three years, they made the playoff, and in the first year, they allowed fifty four points. The second year, they allowed 45 points. And then against LSU, they allowed 63 points. Well, Lincoln Riley worked on the defense, and they improved last year. They only allowed 21.7 points per game. This year, they have my number three rated defensive line in the country, number nine linebackers, and number three DBs. Now, what's offense like? Well, Spencer Rattler's back. I love the way he responded last year after getting benched against Texas, came off the bench, played great down the stretch. He's got Kenny Brooks and Eric Gray in the backfield. Kenny Brooks was a 1,000-yard rusher for Oklahoma two years ago, opted out last year. He's back. Eric Gray was an outstanding back at Tennessee. So they're loaded in the backfield. They've got Mario Williams, my number two rated uh, wide receiver out of high school. Uh, In fact, they have my number two receiving core in the country, my number one rated offensive line. So Lincoln Riley with a veteran quarterback has got two Heisman winners and a Heisman runner-up in his three years. They've got the offense. But this year they pack a defense. And here's the other thing. When you look at the uh, national championship contenders, uh, I tell you, I talked to 110, maybe 111, 12, uh, the 130 head coaches out there, and almost every coach told me this spring, phil we're just so deep we're normally scraping to get a two deep together and this week we this year we had three deep because everybody's got 15 16 17 returning starters but the the four teams that made the playoff last year they've got like 9 10 11 returning starters and all of them lost their starting quarterback so of the main contenders oklahoma's by far the most experienced and like i said the main difference is they pack a defense this year
3: are you at all worried? Uh, Lincoln Riley seems to always trip up against an Iowa state or a Kansas state. Uh, you're not worried about him maybe losing a game in the regular season. Like, it seems like he does that every year.
0: Uh, If he did. Uh, I think he could get it back in the Big 12 title game because he'll be there, you know, if they even lose once. But when I look at their games this year, guys, the uh, the closest games, uh, they're a 10-point favorite against Texas and Dallas. Texas has a brand-new head coach, and they're probably going to be close to a 10-point favorite when they host Iowa State. Other than that, they're going to be a 17-point favorite across the board. And I think this team learned from last year. You go back to that Kansas State game. If you're watching, it's late third quarter, and they're up, like, Twenty-eight points. They've got the game dominated, and they ended up losing that one. I think that's going to help them out this year. In fact, when I talked to Coach uh, Lincoln Riley about it, it was going over. He said he does use that as a a motivating tool. How they lost those two games last year?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, the the
2: interesting thing is that they have the path to get there, but then you look at that future price of plus seven fifty right now, and it still might not be a good price if they end up having to go against an Alabama. You know, they might still be a big enough dog to where the mechanical parlay doesn't work out. It's it college football futures are a crazy, a crazy market to dabble in just because the, the top heavy nature of them. But I do like hearing a team that is in Alabama, isn't Clemson, isn't Ohio state potentially. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma is kind of the fourth team to the party, but I, I'm excited. I'm excited for what was something Phil just said, which is the amount of returning starters across the board at not the elite programs that I think are going to hopefully maybe it's a one year anomaly, but we get a little balance out and I'm specifically, the question is coming. I'm curious because you mentioned it. A lot of teams have more returning starters than they usually do. Uh, are there any early season games that you're looking at where you see a, a, maybe a mid-major, maybe a team that uh, is going to be catching double digit points where you're like, Hey, they have so many returning starters. Maybe it's the whole offense. Maybe it's the whole defense. I expect the continuity to be there. And th- this is a live dog early in the season. Yeah, maybe not double digits, but I I look at one
0: team uh, from the group of five that could be a very live live dog in two early games, and and – playable on the money line type of games. Uh, It would be Cincinnati. Cincinnati last year uh, ran the table, gave Georgia a heck of a game in the Peach Bowl. They only lost by three, a game they led almost start to finish. This year, seven starters back in offense, seven on defense, including Desmond Ritter. And in third week of the season, they play a ranked Indiana on the road. So they'll be getting points in that game. And uh, I think they have a potential for an upset there. And and then two weeks later, they play Notre Dame in South Bend. Mm. And once again, Notre Dame's only got nine returning starters this year. Cincinnati is a veteran team. They played Georgia really tough last year. On the money line, uh, that one looks pretty good as well. So that would be one team I'd keep an eye on uh, the group of five that could pull a couple of upsets early on and money line playable.
1: Oh, mm. nice! Lo- always love a Catching. live dog, especially early in the season before people kind of catch up to them. Uh, sliding over to the pack 12 I see you're high on uh, on Washington. And uh, I, I, what's the what's the angle in Washington this year? Besides just sticking it to the uh, Washington State fans, what, what, do you, uh, what do you what do you what do you You uh, you know as a Coug guy, what do you what do you think about why you so high on the Huskies this year?
0: Well, you know Jimmy Lake was one of those first year head coaches last year, and uh, I tell you what, my conversations with first year head coaches last year were very unique in the fact that uh, they didn't have spring practice to get to really know their team. Now Lake knew the team because he had been there, so that was one advantage he had. But they have a massive offensive line. In fact, when I was going over the offensive line with them last year. Uh, I think both of us, prior to our call, and I I usually spend about an hour, hour and a half with the coaches, going over every player on the team, we were wondering about the offensive line. And then as he described the offensive line to me, he was a defensive coordinator. We're like, man, these guys are huge. They're mammoth. They're about 340 pounds. His defense struggled against them many times in practice. they got a heck of an offensive line. They've got a deep backfield to go about six deep. They've got a quarterback who's now a veteran, and Dylan Morris, as much a veteran as you can be after last year, uh, K-Dot and a tight end salad and then Jimmy like the last two years he's a great defensive mind he's only had two and six returning starters this year he's got eight on defense and I I said to him uh you know what about the the losses ETF uh, and he said you know, last year, nobody knew whose ETF was. And I was like, Oh, you know what? You're right. He only had three tackles the previous year. And then last year he turned into be one of the top defensive players in the PAC 12. And he feels that will emerge again this year. And then the main reason is the schedule. They avoid USC and Utah to the South. The two toughest games this year are against Oregon and Arizona state. They get both of them at home in Husky stadium. And here's something I want you guys to factor into your handicapping this year. I think the home field edge will be the biggest it's been. Remember last year, yeah. the home field edge meant nothing because there was no crowds. I think the crowds that missed out on last year are going to come back with a passion. I can imagine Husky Stadium being, and it's already one of the lot stadiums out there, just being full throat every game. And so I think that the home field edge will mean more this year. They get Arizona State at home. They get Oregon at home. They do have to play Michigan on the road, but uh, I, I think they're capable of winning that game. I, you know, Michigan was a team that was 2-4 last year, so add it all up. I, I actually have them favored in all their games. And right now, they're a slight underdog against Michigan. I think by game time they're going to be a slight favorite.
2: I was going to point this out. This is obviously NFL Week One when the the Michigan Wisconsin or Michigan Washington games happening. Sean, so we will be out in Vegas. Yeah. We will certainly want to look to have oh, some college kidding. action. Always and love we fading love fading Harbaugh and Michigan. So <laughs> Washington as a one point dog right now, still probably a good time to
1: grab it. Go go and uh, head over to WinBet and get in on that now. Um, you know, you you talk about the line play, o- offensive line. I know uh, in particular in in 2019, I was all over or again, preseason. And it was cause I, I opened up your preview and you made a great case. I think you had them, uh, that offensive line ranked number one, Herbert came in, they had a, they had a great season. So factoring in line play, especially with this win total stuff is huge. And you make a great point uh, again with the home field advantage. I know in the NFL, traditionally home field is given three points, but I think when you're breaking these games down, especially for stadiums that really have a a, a legit home field advantage, that didn't have fans last year. Maybe you can move that number to four, or five, uh, you know, maybe even six points in some cases. Do you have a set number for each team, their home field advantage? Where are you at with the uh, kind of factoring that into the handicapping?
0: Well, it's uh, right there in the magazine. If you go to the right hand page on a, on the magazine, And you look right under the team name, it says Phil's home field edge. And you'll see a team like Washington. I have a 5.0 home field edge. Nice. And there are teams that I've got a 2.5 on. So they go for anywhere from 2.5 all the way up to, uh, maybe about 5.5 I think is the tops I have in the magazine. But yes, I factor all that in. In fact, I've got this spreadsheet broken out. How is the team done at home the last four years? How is the team done on the road? So is there, you know, like Alabama wins all their games. So Alabama running the table at home is not as impressive because they win all their games on the road. So it takes a look at the difference between the home and away. It takes a look at the crowd, and then I throw my own personal effect in there. I watch every game. I got twelve games on TV, yes. uh, all day long on a Saturday, so I can <laughs> hear the home field crowd, and I know what the crowds are like. So I factor that in as well, and that's how I come up with the home field edge. So let's get your magazine, the Phil Steele College Football Preview magazine, like getting 130 different media guides rolled into one, and you get a home field edge on every team.
2: Well, let me ask you this then, because I- is there a team? that the common play person might not think about that has a absolute dominant home field edge that you, you wanted to throw out.
0: Well, I would put Washington up
2: there. I give yeah. a five point edge uh, at
0: Oregon, Oregon and Autzen stadium. I mean, have you heard that place when yeah. it's loud? Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's not And People will say, Oh, Michigan's a hundred and five thousand and Oregon's only four. I'd rather play in Michigan than in Oregon, because the Michigan home crowd is not as loud throughout the entire game.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because Michigan, you think, oh, the big house, so many, uh, you know, over a hundred thousand fans, but really, it's kind of the acoustics and the way it's set up. Well, now
2: you're talking my language as a a graduate of Virginia Tech. We always kind of wore that badge on our chest in terms of enter Sandman, exactly. Small crowd, big effect, and yeah, like it's funny enough. I, uh, you know, I've been to a couple small, bigger stadiums out there that I've kind of been like, you know what, they don't got it. And the Big Ten is the conference I would circle. With the exception of Ohio State. No, Penn State's good. Penn State's State. And good. Penn State. No, oh, Penn, okay. white out, yeah. I've had I've had some underwhelming uh experiences in hundred thousand seat stadiums, Tennessee as well. Uh so yeah, very proud to come from Virginia Tech. But yeah, it's always fun to root for those teams too. They have that kind of niche that everyone gets crazy and uh so, so so let's talk about a team that doesn't
3: bring fans because I'm really <laughs> excited to talk about UCLA. I, I I think Chip Kelly two
2: point home right? Edge, right.
3: Chip Kelly I think is on the cusp of of uh, you know having a good year and perhaps being a contender that no one's seeing coming. What do you think of UCLA, Phil?
0: Uh, I think they're improved. I don't know if they're ready to step in that contender status yet. I look at um, USC and Utah and Arizona State. I think those three are. Fairly elite teams this year. We'll see what happens with Arizona State with the Herm Edwards situation. But uh, USC and Utah, clearly among the top teams. And, you know, with UCLA, I think people have been looking at Chip Kelly each year he's been there. And last year they were close. I mean, you go back and look at their games one by one, uh, the Oregon game, they had a backup quarterback outplayed Oregon that interception before the touchdown, before the half was huge. The USC game, they blew a late lead. The Stanford game, they blew a late lead. So they could easily have been six and one last year. That would go to the close wins, close losses thing. Uh, but I sort of need him to show me on the field that they're actually going to break through. And uh, I'm not ready to anoint them for the, the contender status, but I do think they make the, uh, they get to a bowl game this year.
1: Yeah. And maybe, maybe to play them on the uh, slide over on the win total there and pointing out they they're high on your list there with the net close uh, losses of three or more, just getting back to Virginia tech. I, oh I know no. Ryan's probably hesitant to ask cause he's, he's kind of out on the coach and as a Virginia tech alum, he's, he's pretty frustrated, but I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have Virginia tech as as one of your more improved teams and you, you think they're headed uh, to do a bowl game this year.
0: Yeah, they definitely are going to get back to a bowl game. we got number 13 most improved. You go back to last year at the start of the year, they were down like 20, 25 players per game, and yet they were still winning a couple of games early. Uh, I, I thought the Virginia Tech uh, played well at times. Uh, they didn't live up to the potential, but COVID really affected that team last year. This year, they got 15 returning starters. When I talked to uh, their defense coordinator, Justin Hamilton, uh, he said that they didn't really have the spring to get that defense put together, and he feels they'll be much improved. And uh, I said, well, you know, what if they're not? And he goes, well, I'll probably be out of a job next year. So <laughs> I think the Virginia Tech coaches realize that they're they're on the hot seat this year. And, and I I think when you look at them, if I'm a Virginia Tech fan, I think that Virginia Tech has an, a potential upset week one against North Carolina. I mean, it's a Friday night game, enter Sandman, all that stuff going on. And they've got the talent to be there. If they pull that upset, they will be a contender in the coast. And if they lose that game, and I do have a, a an underdog in that one. Uh, you're probably looking at about a seven win season, maybe eight this year.
2: Yeah. I mean, as a fan, I can tell you how that game is going to go. I'm going to come into it. Super optimistic. <laughs> it's going to be a close game. And then something is going to rip my heart yeah. out at the end. And then they will proceed to mediocrity. Uh, yeah. I, I hope the environment can do it because I think that's what Virginia tech has been lacking lately. That home environment. I mean, I graduated in 04, I saw the primo years. I saw when the feel home field had an effect and I just think we need to bring that back, but yeah, I'm glad I'm happy that Phil is more optimistic than I am. This <laughs> gives
1: me hope. The cynical fan. Now we, we talked on some teams. You're high on uh, some teams you see improving. What about uh, some of the big dogs out there? You, you know, your Ohio states, your Alabama, your Clemson, even Georgia, throwing in there that are, are, that are getting a bunch of hype that you think actually could surprise people in a disappointing way. Is there any, one of these top teams that you think, uh, you know, everyone pencils in Alabama to make the playoffs, uh, Ohio State, Clemson, and then Georgia's been getting a, a ton of hype as well. Of these big name programs that people are high on, is there one that you think could surprise people in a disappointing way?
0: You know, I I don't see it happening this year, although I would think in this one year where the big boys are less experienced and everybody else is is experienced, the potential is there. Uh, With Alabama, they've got two potential toss-up or uh, trip-up games. Uh, One would be Texas A&M on October the 9th, and Jimbo Fisher's doing a great job recruiting there. Uh, In fact, if you watched A&M and Alabama last year, uh, Alabama won by 28, but in the first half it was really three, four plays made the difference in that game and I thought, played them even in the first half. They ended up losing the game by 28, so nobody's going to give them a chance. But Jimbo Fisher thinks they can, and he, he when I talked to Coach Fisher and went over to team with them, they feel that they played Alabama even. The team feels that. So, I mean, there's a genuine thing where they believe. And while they lose four offensive linemen from last year, Coach Fisher told me this year's offensive line may be more talented than last year's O-line. they got five games to get that in, in sync. So I think that's a potential trip-up spot for Alabama, as is the Georgia game. I think Georgia's absolutely loaded this year. And they've got a clear path now. uh, You know, when you're looking at Alabama, everybody after last year just assumes Alabama wins a national title every year. They actually did not win the national title in 18 or 19. In fact, they didn't even win
1: the SEC in one of those years. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy to factor that. I mean,
2: it certainly would be fun on the on the on the cusp of expanding to a 12-team playoff to see a little bit of churn because maybe that that ups the excitement.
1: Yeah. And, and between uh, the 12 team playoff and the NIL issue, which of those two you think will have, will help the competitive balance more. Do you think it's expanding the playoffs or given maybe some of these uh, smaller schools an ability to pay players uh, above the board? Do you think one of those has more of an impact as far as competitive balance?
0: Uh, I think definitely the 12-team playoff because I feel that the, uh, you get the boosters involved, the uh, rich are going to get richer. I mean, yeah. Alabama's boosters, Ohio State's boosters, Clemson's boosters. I think they have deeper pockets than do the group of five. So I don't think you're going to see the group of five teams outpaying somebody for a player. I think you're going to see the the rich get richer. But I think the 12-team playoff does open up the door where a coach that uh, normally couldn't tell his team, hey, we have a legitimate shot at the playoff. Now I can say, hey, we have a legitimate shot at the playoff.
1: Yeah, no, and and that's interesting. I do think that uh, yeah, the fact that they are it would be a playoff game that these these players wouldn't sit out uh, like they did with some of the bowl games. But as far as like surprise teams that would be in a twelve-team playoff, uh, you know, maybe like last year a BYU or a Coastal Carolina. Do you have any teams uh, kind of on your radar that fit that mold that might maybe come out of uh, a nowhere a little bit here?
0: Yeah, well, no, not really out of nowhere, but uh, I have got um, Cincinnati as a team yeah. that could actually break into the playoff spot because Cincinnati finished number eight last year. They got seven starters back on offense, seven on defense, Desmond Ritter's back at QB. I think they of the season number 10 in the AP poll, maybe even number nine, and if that's the case and they knock off Indiana early and they knock off Notre Dame early, now you're up to what, eight, seven? Your team slips up, you move up to six. I think they could work their way into the number four spot. Now they're going to have to win those two games on the road. They're going to have to run the table, but I think they could actually sneak in. If they that's
3: the case. And they, they have a dangerous game to end the season against my East Carolina pirates. <laughs> uh, what's your take on? Look, ECU has been a great program over the, for, for a mid-major level for the past 40 years of college football, with the exception of the Scotty Montgomery era in the well, beginning of the Mike Houston era. And I'm still <laughs> mad at them for, for, for ruffin, yes. Ruffin. Yes. I'm still, I, I can't believe they did that. And so I, I like Mike Houston. I'm optimistic. What do you, what do you think about the pirates coming into the year?
0: Yeah. And, and talking to coach McNeil each year, I thought he did a tremendous job. And then I'm like, wow, one injury plagued, year where you lose a couple of close games and you let this guy go, what the heck are you thinking? You know, when I when I talked to Coach Houston when he took that over, he was not enamored with the defensive line. It was a unit that was small, uh, not very fast, not very physical. Coach Montgomery seemed to specialize on the offensive side of the ball and that the defense was uh, not what Coach Houston wanted. Now, this it, is the third year, and they've been giving up over five yards per carry in each of his first two years, but they're starting to get there. I don't think they're quite yet to a Mike Houston type of defense, but I do think they're improved enough on the defensive side of the ball to go along with uh, Holt Naylor's. Harrison Mitchell really emerged a running back last year. The offensive line looks solid. In fact, uh, when I was talking to Coach Houston, he said that the offensive line finally has depth. It's the first time in his three years. I think they've got the potential to get to a bowl game this year, and I think he's building this team the right way. And he's one of those coaches that took over a team and wasn't happy with what he inherited
1: now you mentioned all, all the uh, I mean uh, obviously you and your team put a ton of work into these previews and you mentioned you you get to talk to a bunch of these coaches as well to get a read on them obviously if a coach isn't high on his team he's not going to come out and just say like hey Phil we stink this year or maybe <laughs> or maybe they do is there like an art form to figuring to kind of parsing the coach speak of hey, we're gonna work really hard we've got a good group of guys like do you have, do you have certain phrases or tells from these coaches from doing it for so long where you know uh he may Maybe he doesn't actually believe in his team, or oh, I think he's being honest here when he's saying uh, we're going to be really good. What do you what do you look for in these interviews?
0: Yeah, and they're completely different than normal people's interviews. Uh, normally, if somebody's going to call up a coach and ask him a few questions, and maybe in front of you know for for a newspaper report for a radio show, something like that, things you can use. Everything I talk to the coaches with is completely off the record, completely oh, okay. off the record. So when I talk to them, I send them my two sheets, and they've got about 100 players on there with all my notes on every player. And then they put my guys in the right order. They move the, you know, move the players around. They tell me something about each of the players. They tell me how they're thinking. They'll say, like, Oh, that kid's never going to play. He's a real (laughs) asshole. And I'll be like, okay, got it. And they they know that in the magazine, that's not going to come out. It's just going to say 13 says he's a
1: huge (laughs) huge asshole.
0: (laughs) Right. I I move him to third team and then they feel very safe talking to me. So I don't get a lot of coach speak. And if I did get a coach, that was giving me a lot of coach speak. I probably wouldn't feel the need to even talk to him again the next year. So I, I, they're, they're completely different conversations. And we actually spend more time on the individual players than we do necessarily going over the team. but there have been coaches that tell me, hey, Phil, I got a five year contract, and they told me that, you know, I don't need to really get rolling until year four. And they've been absolutely correct when they say that because they've had some pretty bad records and they're still rolling along in year four, year five.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. um, Phil, I want to ask you one question before we get out of here on uh, le- uh, Kansas University. Crazy situation. Lance Leopold comes in late. On my podcast, I've been claiming that l- the win total at one. Smash the over because I believe in Lance Leopold. I don't look. I, I know Kansas isn't going to make a bowl or anything, but I love the chances of Kansas winning a couple of games this year. Uh, what, what do you make of Leopold in Kansas this year?
0: Well, I, I love Lance Leopold. Uh, I think he's a great coach. He's bringing in his, uh, you know, his own coordinators are coming in, which is a big plus. Uh, the entire coaching staff at Buffalo got axed. Uh, they have some talent at Kansas, but he's also in an extremely tough situation. But he did keep the interim head coach, which is a big plus because uh, the interim head coach knows the team inside and out. But I think he's tough, stepping in a tough situation. That South Dakota game in the opener. They need to win that to get your one. Yeah. After that, the closest uh, <laughs> place that I've got him a dog is at Duke. I've got him a 10-point favorite at Duke. So uh, they'll need to pull an upset to get you there. But.
2: We'll
1: see. Yeah, it's only one. So even even if they get that uh, South Dakota win, you're sitting on a push for the I, rest of the season. I
2: love how the closer is a uh, a, a, a team with a one win
1: total. Great, great well, job! Great job. And uh, tons tons of great information. Of course, make sure you check out PhilSteel.com to grab the guide. And uh, I recommend the the physical guide. You can get the digital as well with the physical. But there's something just awesome about. And maybe it's nostalgia as well of having that physical copy, well, take it to the beach or whatever. I'll tell to, you
2: what. Because it goes off the grid with you very nicely. Yes, As someone exactly. who likes to head off the grid before the Doodle. football season to center and, and, their chi, I, and, I love being able to take some paper with
3: and, me. And I gotta recommend if you're getting any type of surgeries or anything, you know, <laughs> maybe your teeth get knocked out. The Phil Steele <laughs> Bible is perfect for that occasion.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Well, and one uh, one final question before we uh, let you go here, Phil. Week one, Georgia versus Clemson, neutral field. Clemson uh, lane four right now. What are you, what are your early thoughts on this uh, week one? Uh, matchup.
0: I'm taking the dog. You got the more veteran quarterback, great defense rivalry game. I personally would put the number tops at three. So anything over three to me is uh, what you want in this game. I, I think it's probably decided by three points. One way or the other one surprised me if Georgia won. So I like the underdog in that game.
1: Yeah, we go co sign it. All right. Well, Phil, appreciate your time and uh, best of luck with the college football season.
0: Hey, a lot of fun talking football with you guys. And one quick note, uh, save yourself a little bit of gas money. If you're looking for that hard version, it's only available at Barnes and noble and books a million. So Barnes and noble books, a million exclusively. It's a change this year, or as you mentioned at philsteel.com, a lot of fun talking about football with you guys. today. had fun.
1: Yep. Love it. Thanks Phil. Appreciate it. Awesome time. Uh, talking with our new friend of the program, Phil steel and uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you haven't gotten the card yet, I don't know what you're doing. It is it is jam packed with information. It says it right on the cover, and I, uh, couldn't be couldn't be more right. I would love to uh, get
2: Phil and Colby in a room for twenty <laughs> for twenty four hours and just yeah, see what kind and, of. Yeah, and I'm not
1: I'm not one to you know th- we aren't going to turn the show into Maury, but maybe there's a chance where Colby's long lost dad is Phil Steele. <laughs> Because uh, when he was saying it's like 130 media guides rolled into one, it just just oh, like the oh, college football it's almost, experience. It's previous. almost
2: like he did his research on Colby because he pointed out that as much <laughs> prep on Akron yes. is put into Alabama.
3: Yes, and, and he said, "I watch every game," and I go, "Hey, me too, man. Let's <laughs> hang out, all right?" And he's got East Carolina in a bowl. Come on, he's speaking what, what my language. What more do you
1: want? Right? Uh, yeah, and uh give Phil a, a follow on Twitter as well, and. uh reminder underdogfantasy.com. Check them out. Use a promo code SGPN for a free shot to win $1 million. Are you kidding me? This is again, college football prep season, uh, best ball season. It is a, uh, all the seasons leading up to August, which of course is football season for real. Uh, The countdown is on. And uh, again, we got a ton of great content, ton of big contests coming. And of course the contest you can only enter exclusively in our app. It is available on the app store and the Android. No, uh, no discrimination here. So make sure you check that out and uh, toss us a review in the app store uh, for the app every Monday, giving away a free hoodie for uh, app store reviews. Thank you for participating in the sports gambling podcast. For the Sports Gaming Podcast, I'm Sean at in the Money Green, and he is Ryan. Would
2: have loved to heard the conversation between Phil Steele and Justin
1: Fuente. <laughs> Kramer, let it ride.